Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, and I welcome you here to the show. If you are new and are enjoying this podcast, help me help others. Rate and review. Take a screenshot and DM me at Raven Scott Show on Instagram for a free human design reading to answer your pressing question about the root cause, your future, and external forces that influence you. Free yourself from narcissistic abuse and draw long-lasting, powerful boundaries. Get your free workshop now at ravenscott.show forward slash free dash workshop. You're going to really enjoy this conversation today. I brought on Michelle Johnson, and we met through Narc Abuse TV. Paxton is such a great wealth of information about narcissistic abuse, so make sure you find him on YouTube and also Michelle on YouTube. But she is dedicated to this cause of talking about narcissism and is very transparent and open about her narcissistic mother, as well as her um, experience as in a romantic relationship with a narcissist as well. You see, we don't just fall into a romantic relationship with a narcissist randomly. There is a root cause and there is a pattern there somewhere deep within our childhood. And for some of us, quite a few of us, it takes a while to unearth and to remove the fog over our eyes that our parents have been narcissistic and the other parent enabling of the narcissist. And so Michelle is dedicated to her incredible husband and beautiful daughters, having graduated cum laude from Farley Dickinson University with a master's degree in psychology, along with a bachelor's degree in psychology, Michelle founded Bumped, Bruised, and Blessed as a glimmer of hope for victims of narcissistic abuse. She and her husband endured the atrocities of childhood cancer and lost their their three-year-old son, Joey to GBM in 2013. Michelle continues to persevere through an adversity by honoring Joey through spreading kindness and compassion with every effort. Her dysfunctional upbringing with a narcissistic mother, enabling father, and flying monkey and golden child boy brother have reinforced her empathic approach to other victims. A previous romantic entanglement with a narcissist also enables her to relate to this insidious form of abuse from that perspective as well. The Bumped, Bruised, and Blessed community is a chosen family of victims, providing support through validation and education. Michelle maintains both the YouTube and Instagram resources for both forums. Make sure you subscribe and follow her there and check her out. And without further ado, let's head on into the conversation. All right, we are back with Michelle Johnson today on the podcast. I'm so excited to have her here. We met through... Super happy to be here. Yes, I'm so, so happy. We met through Paxton, whom is the host of the Narc Abuse TV on YouTube, and he was doing Instagram for a while. Um, Yeah, he's just got a really great network of 
um, speakers and experts and resources all about narcissism. So tap into that well, as well as Michelle has her own YouTube channel. Yes, I do. Bumped, bruised, and blessed, as well as Instagram. So you can find me on either platform, Instagram or YouTube. Perfect. And she talks a lot about the narcissist family unit, specifically the narcissist mother. And this is what I wanted to dive into today. I feel like I've been in denial on my part of whom I have. And maybe she's not an NPD, right? Maybe she's not diagnosable. But like another episode that listeners, if you listen to and go back to Can the Narcissist Be Cured?, I kind of made some dots and connected that my mother definitely has always said that she's been the scapegoat of her family and that her grandmother certainly was a narcissist. Her mother maybe enabled that, you know, oldest sister kind of. So I don't know, right? None of this is diagnosable, but there's definitely some toxic stuff going on in the family. And almost like the scapegoat also pulls away emotionally, just as the narcissist mother does and can't quite fully be there. So that's kind of like where I'm coming at with this. But I know a lot of listeners may be dealing with or really having a hard time because their mother is a narcissist and it's taboo to to go against your parents, right? Yeah. 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 So tell us a little bit about your backstory and maybe when you first realized that you were dealing with a really unhealthy mother. I have all sorts of exposure to narcissism. I am unfortunately here to testify to that. I I did not realize I have to, and I think a lot of people that I, I interact with say the same thing. It takes us like almost to midlife almost until you finally kind of pinpoint like, wow, this is not right. You know, like you grow up with this awful ominous feeling you just this condescension you're never really happy you just but you can't put your finger on it because you're a child and you don't have anything else to compare it to right you're surrounded by these people your entire life so that's all you know and the dysfunction all they do is normalize each other So they kind of cover for each other, you know, the enabler and the narcissist, like they have, in my case, I've referred to them as the toxic duo. That is my narcissistic, quote, mother and my enabling henchman, I call him father. You know, I do not like to refer to these people with these terms of endearment because they sure the heck don't deserve it. Because you're a mom, you know, it's like, it just doesn't fit. It's like disrespecting the sanctity of being a real mother or being a real father or having a real family. But anyway, so these people fuse together. I see it now as an adult, like they're both severely disordered and they, they just, joined forces to make each other feel normalized sort of and like they tried to mask their unresolved issues like I have my master's in psychology I 
dedicated my whole educational career to this. And a lot of people say they gravitate to it because we just desperately were trying to understand what the heck are we dealing with here? You know what's wrong. As the black sheep, I am the tried and true black sheep, the scapegoat, as you were saying. It's like, we're the truth tellers. We're the ones that are like, something's not right here. You know, we're the justice seekers. And we want to help people. You know, most of us are empaths, as I love you, acknowledge that. And it's just, we just have this, this goodness in our hearts. You know, you just want to see the good in people you desperately want to cultivate the good in everyone around you but there is no doing so in narcissists they're beyond repair (laughs) yeah they are beyond repair and some may debate well not so but i would then argue well if you were able to repair and you thought you were a narcissist you probably just had traits and you weren't an actual didn't have the actual narcissistic personality disorder, right? Yeah. Right, it's on the spectrum. You know, there's like healthy narcissism. Like all children are narcissists. You know, the whole world revolves around them. God bless them as it well should. But like we grow out of it as we acclimate to society and realize like other people matter to me, you know? Like, um, but... But true narcissism, the actual diagnosable disorder in the DSM, like, these people are so far gone that they have no capacity to self-reflect or, you know, take accountability or responsibility for any of their malicious wrongdoings against other people. But healthy narcissism is like, you know, confidence, we'll say. But there's the other opposite end of the spectrum where it incorporates the malicious element. The malicious, yeah, that sounded weird. But the malice, people are malicious and they just, they seek out to hurt other people. Yeah. And it's so tragic. It's so sad that this occurs. And like you had said, it starts obviously when you're born because... Your mother, whom the person who the Dalai Lama says is supposed to be the person who shows you what compassion is. And as that narcissistic mother doesn't know how to be compassionate, they have zero empathy. Um, And now they're raising a child that either is just severely emotionally stunted, um, and like you said, or is a scapegoat and has always thought that their self-worth, like they were worth nothing. Yeah, that's one of the things that breaks my heart about, you know, up until the age of seven, like they they dedicate like areas of study within the um, realm of psychology to early childhood development. It was, um, it was actually a branch that I was going to focus on at one point. But, you know, you're so impressionable. Up until the age of seven, you're just theta brainwave state it's like you're just absorbing everything it's like um you're a sponge so everything that's happening around you 
you're absorbing it all and you're internalizing everything. So if your parent says, you know, cuts you down or reprimands you, you think I'm bad. You don't think I did something bad. You're not able to make that distinction. You think I'm a bad person. I'm bad kid. You don't think I did something bad. So that breaks my heart. I hate that about, you know, children born to narcissists are just instantly at a disadvantage because you don't have that healthy, you know, parents are supposed to provide you with healthy patterns to refer to throughout the rest of your life. Patterns with yourself, interpersonal, with other people, It's and that is non-existent. Yeah. So thank God for those of us that have it inherently within us. You know, there is my husband and I talk about this often because there's my brother and I that were raised in the same home. He was the golden child. I was the black sheep, but he very much became narcissistic himself. In spite of his preferential treatment, he was also the um, flying monkey, the golden boy. He was like on their team. Yeah. What's a flying monkey? Can you define that for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. A flying monkey is like their little spy, you know, um, like in the Wizard of Oz, she, the Wicked Witch sends out the flying monkeys to get information, intel on her targets. So that is what the narcissistic parent will do or the toxic duo, the alliance, they'll, they'll sit and it's triangulation as well because they set the one child against the other child. So everyone is against the black sheep. Basically, my brother was reporting back to the toxic duo about all the fun and awesome things I was doing growing up that I should not have been doing, right? Like that was, you know. Oh, yeah. And going back to that, when there is, the narcissist has zero self-esteem themselves. That's why they have to put others down. And so it's not even a parent just teaching a child, this is not the way. Then it becomes, you know, you're an embarrassment to me. You know, as much as you had said, like the child absorbs it as I am the bad person. It's kind of what they actually are trying to do is to put you down and break your spirit. Yeah. Very much. The narcissist is projecting essentially and it all stems from their own misery and unresolved issues narcissism is essentially a very elaborate defense that is constructed by this severely traumatized individual so rather than addressing these issues and bettering themselves and healing to break the toxic cycle They want to impose it onto their beautiful, innocent children. And it's just, it's, it's despicable to me. It's like children are so perfect and innocent and vulnerable. And yeah, they do. They, the narcissist breaks the child. They break the child's spirit and they have you like, and we suffer the rest of our lives with 
self-worth, with um, self-perceptions, all of it, because we just, we're trying to overcome this toxic programming that has been embedded in our foundation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you are a great example that it can be done. You can rewrite it. You can have a beautiful life. Um, but share with me a few ways that you were able to do so, you know, and first when, I don't know, when did you start setting up boundaries or putting your foot down? Thanks for saying that, Raven. You're so sweet. I, I am. I'm so blessed. I'm beyond blessed, which is why I have this whole platform. Um, yeah, I miraculously broke out of this toxicity, this miserable cycle because I I just never fit in and I always say that you know black sheep like those of us that are at this point where we're learning about narcissism and we are bettering ourselves educating ourselves we we're we're breaking out of it we're doing everything that we can to better ourselves and as we do that, we learn what exactly was going on because I'm very analytical just by nature. I always was. And I think a lot of us are. And I think a lot of us are empaths as well, as you always acknowledge, which I appreciate. And it's just we just have this inherent, you know, desire to see the good in people, to want to believe that others have the same pure intentions within them and they don't narcissists just do not that was a pivotal part of my healing was just seeing it for what it was you know I, I as I said I went to school I got my master's in psychology as well as my undergraduate bachelor's in psychology and it wasn't until three years ago that I was watching a YouTube video and I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm dealing with. When I was in school, I like to share this because it just, uh, it just really puts it into perspective. So when I was getting my graduate degree, I was taking a Saturday class. It was personality disorders. And the teacher, this was what she went over in terms of narcissism. She goes, Oh yeah, narcissistic personality disorder. I'm a narcissist. Laughed it off. That was all that was said. Legitimately. There there was not nearly enough attention paid. And mind you, then at the time, I was in a relationship with a relationship I use in quotes. It was an entanglement, I'd rather say, with a narcissist. My narcissistic home life, my parents, my upbringing, I was surrounded by it, man. But I never would have put the pieces together until I heard someone validating my experiences and what these people do and the way they punch you down and hold you back and sabotage you. And all of that, all of those elements are so crucial to understanding the whole picture. So it was three years ago that I really put my finger on what was going on. And that is why I launched my whole Instagram as well as my YouTube. I, by the way, am like allergic to social media because of my narcissistic ex. They thrive on it, right? 
like they just feed from the attention that they garnish and their fake persona that they're able to construct. So I have nothing to do with social media otherwise. But for these purposes, I love it because our communities are so empowering and supportive, long overdue support and validation. Yeah, long overdue. Yeah, that's incredible that that was just scoffed off as a joke and also not surprising because that is how it has been, you know, how people have been able to keep power for so long is by hiding the true facts about this. So, yeah, I uh, thank you for your channel and your education as well on this topic, because the more we talk, the more we shine a brighter light on this dark monster that we can dispel. Heck yeah. I love the whole narcissistic abuse awareness movement, basically. And you're a part of that as well. Like, I love it. I love that people are learning. And, you know, it's like, it's always brushed under the rug. That's one of my posts, you know, these people just normalize it. They just hide it, they conceal it. And it's just normal. And it's not, it's not normal to treat your children like garbage and to make other people happy. People want other people to be happy. Miserable people perpetuate misery. It's not okay. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And I was going to ask you someone, I was just on his podcast, think I'm broken. He had shed light on this term that our parents did the best they could. And he called that out as a gaslighting phrase. Give me your thoughts on that. Oh, I love that. That was so triggering, Raven. (laughs) Yeah, like I have a post about that too, right? We did the best we could. Like that is such a cop-out. That is just an escape of accountability, right? It's them not taking accountability. It is these people just um, kind of evading the their faults it's saying I did the best I could you know like no you didn't if you did the best you could you would have wanted better for us you want like I say this to my we talk about it often I know that my awful narcissistic mother in quotes I know that she came from a toxic home as well I don't know a lot about it. She, she, I'll never know because she never really went into detail about it because she would always say to me, I'm your mother. I'm not your friend. I was like, okay, you're neither, but whatever. So, um, but I know she came from a rough upbringing. She was an only child. And I know they were very, very strictly religious And I do believe there was a lot of um, exploitation there, I'll say. And I do believe that it was just same thing. So she views me as like, there was a story she used one time. I was using this example with my husband. She said, when I had you, my mother didn't come to the hospital for days. I was like that's weird. Why? She was like, I don't know. I was like, okay. So because she was in the hospital when I had each of my children, she thinks like, oh, I did better than my, like, I think that's what these people believe. Oh, I did better than my parents. So what are you complaining about type of thing? 
Mm-hmm. That's a familiar feeling that I've experienced myself. You know, it's like I reach out and I'm and I express my needs. I have two babies in diapers. I have no one to really help me and mother out of state. They chose to leave, by the way, you know, while their ba- grandbabies were being born. Of course, because they don't want to be. Oh, I can't help. I would love to help you, but I can't. Right. Well, it wasn't even that. I was like, well, at, at least your mother, you know, at least I don't live around the corner like my mother did. And she never came. It's like, oh, okay, that does sound worse. However, like that's also diminishing the need that I asked for. You're actively moving. Oh, yes, <laughs> exactly. And I know there's multiple reasons why, um, but yeah, it just shows the focus, like what their priorities are, and it's not their children. And their lack of connection to us. Yeah. They view us as property. They view us as subservient in some way. Like we are obligated to serve them for our whole existence, right? Like that's how they view us. It's it's such a disconnect, man. Like yeah. being a real mother, it's like, could you even like I honestly can, I'm can't... like I'm gonna be the psycho grandma who's like living with them, like being their living Jen, nanny I for say free. It all the time. <laughs> Like, I would like, it's crazy. I would not be like, like, I would literally live, like, move in with them, like, for some months on time. Even if my husband was off working or not there, like, I don't don't care. I'll see my husband when I want to. Like, it it just, totally different mentality. That's why these people get away with it for as long as they do. Because we would never, we just can't fathom it. It's like, we're trying to make, there's no sense to be made. At the end of the day, that's just the the sad reality that we need to come to grips with. That was a game changer for me. Yeah. So I was going to start to ask you questions about how can someone's relating to us, they feel the same exact feelings we have felt. How can they do, like, what are some actionable steps to help them kind of get out of this thick fog and enmeshment from that mother? Absolutely. Start building up your self-perception. It sounds silly to us because we've been beat down for so long, but do affirmations, do self-care practices regularly because you desperately need it. Um, Also educate yourself. That is such an important element to healing. There's a book that I believe it's like the Bible for this whole narcissistic abuse upbringing it's by pete walker it is called complex post-traumatic stress disorder that is the first book i read and i highlighted the entire thing like front to back (laughs) it's such a a great book in terms of like oh that's Mm -hmm. what that was or oh you know it just makes sense of all these covert tactics you know that these losers got away with for as long as they did because we didn't know what was going on. We knew it didn't feel right, but we yeah. just didn't have the pieces to validate what it actually was. Yeah, and there's this major truth that a lot of us are blocking and and subconsciously blocking too because we don't want to not have a mother. We don't want to feel isolated and alone anymore But I mean, what I've found is the more I try and the more I expect, 
the more isolated I feel because she won't be able to um, reciprocate or meet those expectations. She'll never come through for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the education part, I think, is really key. Thank you for that book referral. And your book. And my book. Right. Yeah. And yours. The Empath and the Narcissist. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited. That's relaunched with its brand new cover. It's beautiful and professionally done. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, we were chatting about self-publishing before we hit record. And I forgot to tell you that just as I republished it with the the live professional cover, another person, a new author has published a book in our realm of narcissism with the same red cover that I used on my first edition. Ah, good thing you changed it, Perfect timing. And then also my audiobook will be available in September on um, Audible. So I'm excited. Love it. Um, I want to hear about your book you're working on. Yeah, it's it's not coming out till like September or October, but I'd love I love providing all of this information, you know? It's so important. Like as we gain this insight, we're here to help each other. And that's exactly what you're doing and that's what I'm doing and that's all we can do. That's why we are being a cycle breaker and breaking this generational trauma. It is so hard and it is very isolating but it is worth our every effort. And I know that you feel this way because you're a great mom. And I talk to so many people that reaffirm this sentiment. It's like, we've, we've been through it, man. Like we have been punched down so successfully that our self-worth and our self-respect, all that has been just desecrated. So we're trying to build it back up and we're doing it. But... In the meantime, my husband and our children, you look at your children like they deserve so much better. You know, I would never let these people have access to them. Like, there was a story like just before I cut contact Mm -hmm. with these people. um, I don't even like it's my the narc mother quote. She came over to our house. Now, I'm in a wheelchair. She had the flipping audacity. She was confronting me because I had started to gray rock. Now, if you can gray rock and continuously do that, like just limit your contact, that's wonderful. But I I couldn't do that. Like they... My narc raged. I had, I received. Yeah, she intruded a, and showed you know, she up was, at your house. Yeah. Yeah. She, they came to my house. My husband was at work. It was me and my young daughters. And I'm in the wheelchair. And she started yelling at me, lashing in front of my kids. I was like, are you freaking kidding me, man? And she had the enabler take them out. She's like, oh, that's why daddy's here. I was like, right. You're henchmen, you know, to, uh, be your support but screw me and my situation but um they took our kids to their home afterward to go swimming right because they're so bougie because narcissists are often just obsessed with materialism right so um they took our kids to their house to go swimming and we did not get the narc a birthday present that year she had the audacity to confront at the time my daughter was eight years old she was like grandma was upset that you didn't get me a birthday present 
I'm like when my daughter told me that, you know that that instinctual motherly fury that you feel. I was like, oh no, she did not confront my eight year old daughter about not getting her birthday present. So I was like, that's it, man. That's <sighs> it for me. I it's enough. I mean, it's easy to manipulate the weak, and they go after them first. They will always go for your. They will always. They have no. Yeah. These people yeah. have no bounds. They have no shame. They will just. And this is, I think this is what saves us. Thankfully, is our families, our beautiful children. We see like we give them like we don't give ourselves the grace. Like you think. I think back to myself as a child. My husband says it a lot. Like I can't believe you went through this, and I am able to better put things into perspective looking at our children and how much I love and appreciate them. And I just think, gosh, like the way I was treated, uh, it's outrageous. It is outrageous. I love that you keep bringing up your husband because I do the same thing where I like bounce ideas back off of him because he's outside the situation and he's wise and neutral and it's just so interesting that he can have such a clear view, right? I think this is a thing that's difficult. You can't do it alone is because you're so bogged. Your mind is twisted. You're, you've got so much fog. It's almost like you're drugged, you know, like when you come out of like surgery or whatever, you can't think straight. That's like where you're yeah, at mentally good. trying to figure out what is going on with this person. Whereas if you have someone on the outside, a coach, a therapist, a healthy partner, somebody to bounce these off of right and it's awesome because i bet i don't know if your husband was like but like initially he kind of bought into it too he was like oh they're they're so lovely they're nice you know but then the mask slipped oh no he he has amazing he has an amazing intuitive sense immediately he was like "Uh uh-uh Oh, he did. Oh, God bless him. That's awesome. And that was one of our huge conflicts is like I kept trying to convince him to come and be part of it. I'm not having anything to do with that. Oh, that's awesome, Raven. That's God bless that man. He is a keeper. You know what? I met my husband in college. We were freshmen. We fell madly in love with each other. And we were going to like full steam ahead. We were going to like get married, get an apartment moving. And I broke up with him because I was so screwed up from my toxic upbringing, right? I was like, what is this? It's like real love. He like, there's no conditions. Like, this is safe. I feel good. I'm happy. So I broke up with him, right? Because that's what (laughs) people with unresolved issues do. So I broke up. Absolutely. And I gravitated to to a narcissist. (laughs) It was like Uh just hell. It was five years of just torture with this jerk. It was what you're used to, but then it's interesting how a lover can bring it, like it can magnify it more and make it more hell where normal, it kind of feels normal as your parent. Right. Because that's all we knew. Again, we had nothing to compare to. So, um, but then when this loser dumped me, discarded me is the nicer term, he, um, I... I immersed myself in books at Barnes and Noble back in the day, 2005. And there was not one word about narcissistic abuse, which is why I love that this 
this awareness is gaining momentum. I love that younger people yeah. are wising up to it. But all the books I got, yeah. like this one book I got particularly, I always recommend. It's by Patricia Evans. It's called Controlling People. And that I highlighted again, front to back, because it was all about my loser ex narc, because narcs are controlling. Mm. They have to control all the little pieces to their fake construct, right? Because they're telling yeah. so many lies. They don't want their lines to cross. They don't want people to compare notes. So they have to just control everything. But um, anyway, after that loser and I, like, he finally set me free because I started to, like, assert myself. They don't like that, you know, when you start to kind of mm -hmm. question things. Anyway, so... I dated a little, and then I was like, you know what? I want to hang out with Joe Johnson again. I had so much fun with him. <laughs> I broke his heart, <laughs> the poor guy. And But Aww. yeah, man, like Joe and I start, like, thank God. Thank God. Everything works out, I believe, the yeah. way it's supposed to. And, you know, we've been married 14 years. It's going on. And mm. he's, he's amazing. He's my big, and I, I'm all the more disgusted by my, dysfunctional unit because they never like advocated for our relationship they were never like what are you doing michelle he really loved like nothing nothing to that mm -hmm. but they want you to fail they want you to be miserable because they themselves are miserable but joe god bless him he was like when he met them he didn't realize like what was going on and his dad was a narcissist his brother took mm -hmm. off his dad took off on his mom and his brother and he when they were young so joe had like some reference but he didn't know what he's he was learning with me you know mm -hmm. mm, that's it, really clears a bell yeah sees it clears a bell now yeah well and that is the trick right you have to get past the charm and charisma of the narcissist and that's the goal of all of our educating is to show people that not everyone is trustworthy and to use your analytical brain. I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper about um, cutting contact because that's huge taboo. Like, you you know, I've actually been guilty of saying to somebody in my life a while back before I really like landed on a lot more mature ideas. But I said, well, you know, why, why are you not talking to your mother? She, you know, she may not be here for for very long, kind of like time is precious, right? So that's kind of the social normal is for people to encourage people to not abandon their mothers. I'll tell you what. All right. That's my son back there, Joey. And he was diagnosed mm -hmm. with brain cancer at two years old and he passed mm -hmm. at four years old. So talk I'm about sorry. putting things into perspective. And all throughout that agonizing experience, Joe and I, we went through 18 months of just pure, like, mis I would never wish it on my worst enemy. And when we lost Joey, it was like, holy cannoli. Like, we had such a more profound appreciation and reverence for our love, the way we love and appreciate our children. And I thought through that experience mistakenly that the narc would wake up. I was like, oh, 
you know, she's got to appreciate, because, you know, they never want to be bothered with our family, us, or our grandchildren. And never mind, like, I've been diagnosed with MS for, like, over 20 years, and they Mm. never wanted to help. We live 10 minutes away from these people. And, like, I could have desperately used their help. I didn't start using the wheelchair until four years ago. But, you know, not easy when you have babies. And um, I was not having an easy time. But they couldn't be bothered. And I was like, you know what? Losing Joey will really put, um, really open their eyes to appreciate what's not at all. Not at all. Mm-mm. And didn't even go ahead. No, that I, yeah, they didn't, they didn't even open their eyes. Yeah. And the latest hoovering attempt from the narc, which I just made a YouTube video about, um, she had the audacity to email my husband and say, Oh, you know, have you no heart? Daddy was diagnosed with cancer. I was like, Are you? flipping kidding me like i have been struggling we have joe and i've been struggling we are our own ship over here you know joe Mm -hmm. does everything he takes care of me our children our home and nobody's ever helped him but let us drop everything for them and a lot of people validate this they say when they're dealing with narc parents and they've got no contact the narc will come up with like these outlandish attempts to hoover you back in. They'll try to get like, they'll just stoop to all time lows. And like my, meanwhile, the prognosis is probably benign or like fine. You know, it's probably not yeah that severe. I mean, I don't mean to detract from anyone's, but I would probably have more compassion, Raven, for like a complete stranger than I do for these people. I mean, they watched us yeah. go through agony and they didn't mm-hmm. do anything, but let us drop everything. And like, no, um, we were, we were going for treatment to the city with Joey and mm-hmm. they had the audacity again in one of their hate mail messages to me. The enabler said, we never charged you for parking or tolls that we had to pay to go see you in the city. Do you know how many times they came to see us in the city? Like twice. Over like 18 months, Joe and I were staying there overnight together in the hospital with Joey. Yeah, you were going all the time. Yeah. uh Like every week we Mm. were there. But they didn't charge us for parking or tolls. I mean, any any kind-hearted, responsible, compassionate person would never bring up that. Any and they decent, would probably be there sleeping over with you. Any decent yeah. human being. Like I said, complete yeah. strangers were more supportive and kinder right. to us than my own family. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah that, that quote so that you said about, like, um, oh, you you know, my old boss visited me and said something like, oh, how are your parents? You know, that's, I was like, great. I don't talk to them at all. And he was like, well, you only have one set of parents. And I was like, I know, isn't that awful? (laughs) I was like, good for me that I put that spin on it. I was like, 
Poor yeah. me that I only got one set of these losers, and this is the crappy hand I was dealt in life. This is the poor hand that we have been dealt, but you know what? We're better people for it because we will be the polar opposite of what they are. Yeah, we're the ancestral pattern breakers. Yeah, yeah. And I think also, you don't, I mean, you can choose family. You know, I've also was raised with this whole phrase of blood is thicker than water. And I've seen time and time again in actions that is not true. And yes, you may always be related to me, but that doesn't mean that I have to have a relationship with you, like you, or even talk to you. So, and you can create your own family friends. Chosen family all day, any day. Yeah, that's why there's friends giving nowadays, you guys. It's not taboo anymore. Love it. (laughs) Yes, that's amazing. Um, I really feel like this was incredibly impactful. And I hope to our listeners that this has removed the guilt and shame of this taboo idea that you have to stick around and put up with the narcissist parent or mother's abuse because you don't you have a choice and you you have just as we have one pair of parents you have one life to live in this body one life Mm -hmm. that's right yeah so yes so everyone you can find michelle on her youtube channel bumped bruised and blessed and instagram as well any other final thoughts that you want to close out and send a message out no i thank you for having me raven i appreciate everything that you do i love that you incorporate the spiritual element to this insidious experience that we have undergone. Because I do believe that having been exposed to the true evil in this world, that we are seeking out better for ourselves and our loved ones and generally other good people in the world. So I love that you do that. And I appreciate that you had me on your show. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. And everyone, make sure that if you enjoyed this show, if this uplifted you and gave you support, please take a screenshot of this podcast, share it to Instagram and tag both of us. You know, we're more than happy to connect with you and support you. Yes, I'm always here. If you wish to feel alive again and take back the power in your life, Take a listen to the preview of my book is up and available on Audible. Head on over to the show notes and click on over to add this book to your cart today. And remember, everybody, keep your unique light shining. Swear I won't forget this. Why do I regret this? In my mind, reckless. Thoughts are feeling endless. Sitting up, I'm breathless. Anxiety's infectious. I feel so defenseless, betrayed and embarrassed. I hate being open. I hate being broken. I feel like an ocean filled up with emotion. Anger ain't a potion. Rub it on like lotion. I can feel it soaking. Reopen. The scars have awoken. I can't move on till I let go. I feel so lost now. Never at home, need to be strong every breath hold, cause I can't move on till I let